Are we plugged in? From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there entangled in the interwebs? We're back. CSG Podcast. Ross Martin still on assignment. We sent him off to Portland to cover this Nuggets game. Team's actually there. So he may actually get some uh, some stuff out of it. Oh, I told people he was still in San Antonio. So Yes, and those sweet sounds you're hearing. The king himself making his way all the way down here from Thornton. It's Jeff Morton. Uh, what's up, everybody? And, uh, Nate, we have a, uh, a very special bearded guest. We do from 104.3 The Fan, as well as the Ryan Edwards Show on BSN Denver. Ryan Edwards himself. Gentlemen, are you really Jeff Morton from Thornton? Yes. Is that, is that really a it, it is. I, thing? I'm the king of Thornton, Jeff Morton. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like, kind of like Jerry the King Lawler. In yes, a sense. that's great. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, all the way from Thornton is Jeff Morton. There's no way that. Okay, Jeff's that's actually, awesome. I'm actually from Thornton. There's truth in advertising. That's here. tremendous. I believe uh, we, we had some interesting information the other day about a Wingstop chicken incident. Oh yeah, yeah. There was some. some lake, uh, yeah, there's a uh, a Wingstop in Thornton, and a uh, one of the workers put her face into a bucket of raw chicken. No. Oh, you know, I think I saw something about that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's yes, not good. That was. I mean, I saw that, and I'm like, like a dare? I, I, I have been, I have been in that wing stop. Oh. So I'm like, okay, well, I yeah. will not be visiting there again. I don't believe. Um, Pictures are it never happened. That's what I say. In this day and age, you have to at least vine it, tweet it, something, right? You it's true. Get some, it's some a role photos, of video. Well, yeah. Maybe do some investigative reporting. Does this often happen? I have you on Snapchat. <laughs> so, Ryan, Ryan, we definitely hear you across 104.3 The Fan. You're doing uh, some filling work there now. Yeah, I'm doing uh, some filling work. Uh, you know, you heard me uh, this last Friday with Trey Rank. And, uh, yeah, once in a while with, uh, in the morning show with uh, Mark Schlereth. And that's whatever name drop I can throw in there. You got the, the fingers busy doing a little blogging as well? Yep. I blog for 104.3thefan.com. And then, yes, as you mentioned, now I'm doing uh, some podcasts. Podcasting for uh, the BSN, uh, BSNDenver.com, uh, BSN uh, Podcast Network. You got your first one done? One in? One in, yeah. I would, uh, I did that on Monday with uh, Brandon Spano and uh, doing one tomorrow with Oren Lamena, which oh. I'm pretty excited about. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're just sort of... Sort of, you know, plugging right along. You know, it, it's a different world podcasting. Yes, it is. I'll, I'll be honest. You know, it was funny. I, I sat down in the studio that they have there at Sportique. And there was just this moment of, of okay, what do we do now? And they're like, you just go. You know, you just start talking. We yeah. just, we just go. Right. And and I'm like, but they're just like, okay, I, I mean, I just go. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm used to, you know, music. I'm used to breaks playing me in so, something radio. Uh, but for me, this, it was we. So I just hit record and. All right, here we go. The right hour show. And, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just one usually, of those things. usually it's just Nate pointing at us. You know, yeah. that, that's how it's our cue. So that's the cue. So yeah, pod, <laughs> podcasting is a whole new world for me. I'm I'm excited to learn more about it. I felt like I got comfortable. I notice when I get nervous or I'm I'm anxious about something, I tend to talk very 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 fast. So I listen back a little bit to it, and I'm like, boy, uh, I, I was either I was selling stuff on that, you know, Micro Machine Man. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have funny. radio experience at my disposal before I started. So if you go back and listen to the first couple that me and Ross Martin did, and even Ooh. some of the first with Jeff, they're yeah. atrocious. Man. So barely, but, barely you know, listenable. And that's you know one of the things that I'm excited about with with the BSN you know podcast that I'm doing. They wanted to bring that radio sound to what they're doing. You know, a lot of what they're doing is a bunch of podcasters, which is great, but the experience of radio isn't there. And so when him and I sat down, when Spano and I sat down, the idea was, you know, let's bring a radio sound. So I, you know, I stacked the show. I, I, you know, the topics are all teased. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of radio uh, ideals that I'm using during the course of the podcast. So I, I think that's, that's sort of the goal. And, and it is funny because I, I talked to a couple of you know, veteran podcasters, and they're like, oh, you can just do what you want. And I'm like, I don't even know what that sounds like. I don't even know what to do with just whatever I want. You know, you can even swear. 
you know, and actually, you know, it was really funny. Just I don't know, we, we deleted it because we actually had a swear word, and I was like, I can't do it. I, I just, I literally can't put out <laughs> something. We we had to go back through because it was Spano's fault. Spano cursed on it, and I stared at him like, "What are you doing, man?" And he was like, "It's a podcast." I'm like, podcast. I was like, "You're going to redo that right now. We're not we're not airing that." We like, let uh, Les Shapiro. <laughs> we let Les Shapiro know that he could cuss on here, and he let loose. Like, oh, it's, really? it was like he Christmas it. with him. Yeah. He's like less un, un, unbound is what it was. I'm just not there yet, man. I mean, I got, I got, I got the seven years at the fan, you know, banged into my brain, you know, like you heard me, we were talking off mic. Yeah. I was cursing away. I have no problem with that. As soon as the mic comes on. No, I'm clean. Filthy, filthy mouth. Oh. Like, that's how I am, uh, like a my, sailor. We're all my... sailors. Off yes, mic, we're the <laughs> Talk to any of the guys yeah. over the fan. Oh yeah. Any of them. They're all sailors. You, you, you mentioned Sandy. Oh yeah. We're all sailors. We all, everyone, <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Anyways, it's like no. when I walk into my grandma's house, I just immediately stop cussing. Have to. A lot more professional. Oh, of yeah, course. Yeah. Well, yeah. you got to be. You know, you had the FCC breathing down your neck, so you know you don't want to go out there and you know say fuck your mama or something like that, and then, then you know then obviously it comes back. You're to gonna you cut that out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We'd leave all swears in. That'll definitely be cut out. I'd like to cut out just swear words. Um. <laughs> so yeah. You cover all sports. That's what I think your listeners on the fan loved about you. And Great you, show, by the way. And your partner, Sean Drotar. You guys killed it with everything. And to me, being you know, this, I don't know if you call it five-tool, four-tool guy, where you know all the sports in town, it seems impossible. I, I follow the Broncos. I can't tell you really much of anything about the Rockies besides Trevor Story. Obviously, everybody knows him. Avalanche, not really sure. What, what is your go-to sport? What do you like the best out of all these sports? Well, again, I've been conditioned, so I like a lot of football. Uh, but, but I grew up in a, a house with football. My dad, my dad's diehard Broncos. Even when mm-hmm. I grew up in New Mexico, uh, you know, Broncos everything. And, and he didn't really watch a lot of the things. In fact, most of my exposure came when I moved to Fort Collins uh, to go to CSU, and that's when I sort of really got into other teams. And, and I immediately adopted the Nuggets. Uh, I love the Nuggets. I, I've been yeah. watching them for well over a decade religiously. So that, that was, that's probably my second favorite as far as that I really latch on to, um, really can't miss a game. Yeah. Uh, you know, during the years there with Carmelo, you know, George Carl, um, Allen Iverson, as, as frustrating as he can be, uh, still so much fun to watch. But, you know, I, 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 and I'd say Avalanche are definitely in there. I, I've, I've grown to love the Avalanche a little more because when I moved to Colorado, that's when they won the Cup. Yeah, and so then, then that was kind of my, my my starting point. So for me, it was like, oh, they won the cup. You know, this is what, what you just you just do. You yeah. know, and and uh, you know, and then and then so I, I watched the ABS, but you know, grew up in New Mexico, I had no exposure to hockey whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, it took me a little longer to adopt the ABS, but now I love the ABS. I watch them all the time too, and part of it's because of my job. You know, and I I, I want I take it seriously, and I want to be. You know, as you mentioned, you know, Sean and I loved that about our job that we could talk all of those sports. Yeah. The Rockies are, are tough to love, and it's not it's it's for the, the obvious reasons. Look, I I'm a huge baseball fan. I've always been a baseball fan. When I was a little kid, mm-hmm. um, I was always a big baseball fan. But the Rockies make it really hard to love them because of the moves and 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 the way that they continuously suck. And uh, I just <laughs> want to love the Rockies all the you know every single year. The, the people kill kill me on this. Every single year, I can find reasons to like them. Every mm-hmm. single year, I, I'm just like, look, man, the bullpen's improved, man. This Trevor Story kid, you're going to love him. He's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and then everybody's like, yeah, 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 starting pitching, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, just watch. They're going to get off to another hot start like they do every April. And then you'll see. And, and, and what do they do? You know, they're, they're below 500 now. And it's April still. And I, I, I'm just, <laughs> it's just so hard to live in the Royal Rockies. But, but honestly, I actually... I've adopted all the four local teams, and, and, and a lot of the guys, even some of the guys on the fan can't say that. You know, they're, they're East Coast guys, and so they grew up on the East Coast, and, and their teams are still, you know, the Red Sox or the Celtics, you know. And, yeah. uh, but but I, I, I grew up in New Mexico. I didn't have a lot of teams, so I, I sort of adopted all of them, and, and honestly, like, I've la- I found a way to latch on to all of them. Would you, you, who'd you follow in baseball growing up? Sorry, Jeff. Right over I was a <laughs> diehard Cal Ripken Jr. fan. <laughs> okay. Like, I have 168 different Cal Ripken Jr. cards. Oh, man in my collection. Iron Man. Um, yeah. And, and there was just something about him, just the way he carried himself. Um, and, and I just, I really liked Cal Ripken Jr., so I, I watched the Orioles. and I mean, watched the Orioles all that much in New Mexico, but, you know, whatever I could, yeah. you know, get a chance to kind yeah. of follow them or keep track of them. And, and, and I loved Ken Griffey Jr. a lot when I was a kid, too. So, yeah, you know, those were, yeah, those were just, you know, Frank Thomas, you know, those guys. I just, I just had a lot of fun with, with sluggers, you know, and, and um, those guys, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. is still with the best swing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And, 
Um, no, I, I just that that would growing up that was those were my baseball fa- favorites. You know, uh, yeah. he described. I mean, Nate described you as a five tool radio guy. So you may say that you're the Carlos Gonzalez. Oh, I look at this of guy. radio. Hey, <laughs> five tools. I know who that is. Yes. <laughs> has, he been, has he been traded yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> he actually is, had a triple in the first inning tonight. It was pretty good. <laughs> we don't have to get into too much of this, but how good is Trevor's story as a prospect? I mean, obviously we we saw was it the San Francisco Chronicle listed him as Babe Ruth the other day, which was pretty sweet to see. How good is this guy as a prospect? Hey, he's, he's great. No, I look, the fact is, he was, hey, what's up, Mr. Feinstein? Got Jake you, Feinstein. Wait, Jake Andy Feinstein. Feinstein. Hey, look at that guy. Hey, you said I could dress down for this. Well, look at him. Hey, I'm just here to uh, wish George Carl a good offseason. Oh, here it is. Um, Wait, is think, this, are you breaking news here? I yeah. Mean, it was all speculation. And I think, by uh, just for the record, I think that all of us have gotten to know Coach Carl and we've gotten to know Coach Malone this year. Sacramento Kings have no fucking clue of how to run a basketball team. You can and check that out too. Right? And you're seeing it. And you're seeing it, it, it tonight. And they're going to get their just desserts. And they're going to go into a darker winter than we've been in. So that'll be my one comment. And I'll leave it to the masters here to do the CSG Sportscast. And the mic drop <laughs> moment. Said, is, yeah. Literally, because he came from a great height there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, uh, that was that was great. Yeah. Is this, uh, this, this is like is this, this is what the CSG podcast is. It really is. How basically, people show up. And Never, yeah, I mean, Andy, Andy rolls through. He's allowed to grab the mic. Yeah. Well, of course, he hosts us here. Yeah, he's allowed to grab the mic. Oh, no question about like it. it. It was good to see him. I haven't. Uh, I mean, you know, I used to have you guys on all the time, and then uh, you know things changed at uh, <laughs> the station. Moving on. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it is Broncos country after all. But it yeah. is Broncos. Yeah, that's what so, they say. Well, let's get back quickly to Trevor's story. Mm. I mean, is he a What's bigger prospect than, than Tulowitzki? I mean, I, I, you've well, heard I mean, for he's years a, about Tulowitzki. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Tr- Tr- Tulo struggled in his first year. I mean, he came on. Look, defensively, Tulo was always very, very good. And, yeah. and, and as he moved along, he became really the amazing hitter that he was. He, he struggled in his rookie year, too. But, you know, Trevor, this is the thing about Trevor's story. He, he has been good in the minors, and mm-hmm. the expectations were large. Now, now, this good, seven home runs in six games? Now, of course not. That, no, nobody had those kinds of expectations. It's never been done before. There was a point where he had more home runs than every other shortstop in the National League after six games. Yeah. <laughs> this is insane. So the thing is, 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 is yes, he's very impressive. Um, yes, he is a future face of this team. Will he hit a rookie wall? I expect it. I, I don't even know if last night's the example. But, you know, there's going to become a point where you get some film on this kid and you're going to be able to see some tendencies. And yeah. he's going to have to work through that. Every hitter does. Even yeah. the best hitters we've ever seen do. Uh, I, think, I think he's very special. I think this is great news for Rockies fans because the fact is Jose Reyes was never long for this team. At, at being the highest yeah. paid Rocky right now, he doesn't awesome. even want to be here. You know, in fact, I, I talked to, with Troy, speaking to Troy Rank, I, I talked with him. He said cut him right now. Well, yeah. they won't cut him right now. But when he's able to come back after they recoup some of that money back from his suspension, then they will cut him because Trevor Story's given him a reason to. And that's, that's the good news right there with Trevor Story. I, I, from what I, I mean, this will be my comment on it. Um, from what I've seen of him, he, he's been the single most impressive rookie I've seen with the uh, um, Colorado, Aval- Colorado Avalanche. See, here we go. There it is. This is, this is, this is, this is a podcast. Uh, the, from the Colorado Rockies, uh, since, well, you know, you could say Tro- uh, Tulowitzki because Gonzalez wasn't technically a rookie, right? He he hadn't worked his well. Way you got to forget the, about Arenado. I mean, Arenado, Nolan Arenado they ca- yeah, called him right. up. They, that's uh, you right. Know, uh, he was Arenado has been fantastic. He was an immediate me. impact guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, when, when they called him up, also as a rookie, you know, an immediate impact, um, elite third baseman, yeah. uh, had the power, and, and, and he was as good as advertised too, mm-hmm. because they expected good things out of him, and, and that's sort of in line with Trevor's story. You know, the expectations were that is one of the reasons why they felt they could make the trade with Tulo last yeah. year because they knew, well, look, they ended up getting a position player back in Jose Reyes, but Jose Reyes isn't long for this team, and they were going to try to flip him. There's just The market's tough for a guy that's making $20 million a year that the, can't play the, like a $20 million a year player. Domestic dispute, and uh, now domestic you tack on that. Issues. His trade value <laughs> yeah. is zero. Yeah. There's no trade value for that guy. So right now they're in that tough place with him, but the good news is they already have the future at that. They don't have to wait, you know, whenever Jose Reyes, whatever the suspension ends up being, this doesn't hurt the team. 
it's good news because because uh, Trevor Story steps right in and is playing tremendous. So we'll, we'll have Trevor Story for a few under 500 seasons and we'll trade him off somewhere else. <laughs> oh, It'll be come on. You know, you know if Rory's listening. If Rory's listening, he'll kill me. He'll, he will kill me. Speaking of Arenado, he just hit a home run. Did he? Oh, yeah. Hey, Live update. See, you're not going to get in trouble for doing play-by-play here. No. You could actually do that. No, I, I can't. Well, I mean, I'm just getting the updates on my No, well, jeez. <laughs> um, let's, so. let's talk a little hoops. Yeah. More hoops, guys. Love I it. Think. Let's do it. Love it. Let's do it. I, you know, I was going to do, uh, before we continue with that, I was going to do a quiz like I did with Sandy the last oh, time he was on here. Okay. Sandy's been on like five times. I beat Sandy us. in that quiz. You did. Um, it was. <laughs> I get that. nervous on quizzes, just yeah, so you know. Well, the quiz was, you know, name, your, uh, name the uh, old Nuggets former player. And it was basically this obscure players that used to play for the Nuggets, <laughs> except for Nick Van Axel. Um, <clears throat> but I was going to do one for you guys because you both are from. Uh, went to Colorado State University. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, it was going to be centered around famous people who went to Colorado State. And I couldn't think of a damn one. Oh, and I'm like, taking shots. Joey Porter's I not famous enough for you? Yeah, it's all right. I mean, he's no Joel Steed. Bradley Van Pelt? <laughs> <laughs> I know, we're, we're already reaching. We're like a backup quarterback. Uh, you know, Porter at least won a championship, but yeah, backup quarterback, Bradley Van Pelt. Hollywood Higgins? Hollywood oh, Higgins. Yeah, he hasn't played the NFL yet, but he's yeah. He's no, Shaq Barrett is, Shaq is Barrett good, looks climbing yeah. up. Shaq Barrett. But I was thinking about, uh, uh, you know, on the basketball side, you got, what, Jason Smith? Yeah, Jason, Jason Smith, Smith and, man. Come on. And he's in the league. He's in the league still. And yeah. uh, Colton Iverson, he's Colton playing Iverson basketball for money somewhere overseas. Somewhere? Yeah. I mean, in a gym. Yeah. <laughs> so, Who is the... Do you yeah. remember? Did you follow CSU basketball closely? Not when I was younger. I, I mean, I, I did a little bit when I went to college, and, and then off and on as a result of, of working. Well, I was trying to think of the the big guy that was there before Colton Iverson, and bef- maybe just before Jason Smith as well. He never panned out. I just I heard a lot of rumors that he just smoked a bunch of pot and never really was serious about hoops, which is probably why he never made the league. I guess. Well, that, that that would be unsurprising. Yeah, that's a lot of. Uh, this is the NBA we're talking about, guys. I yeah. mean, uh, come yes. on, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Every sport, come on, every, every sport. sport. Every well, yeah, like yeah. Look at you, had the, Miller, you had the tweet yesterday about Josh Gordon, right? I mean, that was oh, the big story. Oh, Josh, Josh Gordon. Gordon. Oh yeah, right. That uh, yeah. he clearly loves weed more than he loves football. Would, would you rather him be hooked on oxycotton opiates that are going to destroy his body, or, or smoke a little? Weed well, if you're the NFL, yeah. you know your stance on that's pretty obvious. Yeah. You know? The <laughs> NFL clearly has made this known. They want you on oxycotton. Yeah, and not yeah. and not weed. So. If it shows up as weed, man, you are in so much trouble. Yeah. But I guess it was a diluted sample for, but it doesn't really matter that's I mean, the they fact call that is, the same thing yeah. it's the same right yeah. it's the same thing and then the fact is, is he's got to know better than that too so uh it, it's it's a bummer about impressive players and i'm not going to get into the the arguments about whether weed and all that stuff you know should be yeah. banned or not banned or whatever that but but the point is 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 it is a bummer for a young man like that uh, to make those kinds of choices. And, and then you're even seeing his best friend, Johnny Manziel, and, and the <laughs> choices he's making, too. So. Von Miller's going to turn him around. He's going to turn old Johnny around. Is he? No, I don't Is want he? him near this team, man. <laughs> no, you don't want to go down that pathway. Look, that's the reason you brought in DeMarcus Ware is because you didn't want Von Miller going down right. that path. You want your franchise guy to walk the straight and narrow, my friend. Not the Johnny Manziel lifestyle. <laughs> you, you bring Von into that, I think he goes back to where he was. I yeah, think he all of a sudden is like, man, we, this was so much more fun. Why, why am I, why am I like so boring? I used to be cool, man. Let's smoke some weed. Let's smoke some weed. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to Nuggets Talk this way. I want you to say Gary Harris's name five times as fast as you can. I know where this is going, right? But I'll do it for you, okay? Because okay? I, because I love Just you. Just do it for Nate, yeah. okay? Yeah. Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Hashtag Garris. There's no Garris in there. I have never once said. But I tell you what, that that is. Nate, you have to give Nate credit for this because I believe like I, did. I believe you are the one who came up with Garris. Yeah, some stiff in the comment section on Denver Stiffs claims that it was him. But no, I think it was Nate. Yeah, I think it was me. Maybe because Nate. Well, I saw a screenshot yesterday that proves it was you. Yeah, from yeah. July. From I might July. have been using it before then. I don't know. Yeah. You never know. I mean, you this never is. Know. I but mean, Spano used it and credited you on, on my podcast. Yeah, that was great. He, yeah, he, he, did yeah. you hear that? He, he dropped Garris on me, and I'm like, I've never heard that. I, mean, I knew he was talking about. I think Spano's clearly. Nuggets knowledge comes from myself and Harrison Wynn's Twitter feed. He no, you're so excited. <laughs> it might be true, though. He was so excited to talk Nuggets, and he brought you up. He was so excited. He's like, he's like we should talk some Nuggets. I'm like, dude, you're the owner of BSN <laughs> Denver. You do what you we, want. You will <laughs> talk Nuggets, man. So I teed him up. I started talking Nuggets with him. I was, well, whatever, he's, man. Uh, you used Garris last year. 
I think I thought I did. You did yeah. use it Definitely last used year. Definitely in the summer league this year. Yeah, sure. and and I, I clearly remember uh, Nate using it last year. So I I mean listen. Yeah, whatever. If he gets famous, maybe <clears throat> cut me off a few bucks. Listen, you know? uh, no Come one's on, taken yeah. to my nickname for Nikola Jokic, which is uh, Velcro. I don't kids even know what Velcro is these days. I like your, what did you call it, Jerkic or your... The Jerkic, uh, the Jerkic lineup. The Jerkic yeah, lineup. Yeah. Is that you? I mean, did you come up with that? Yeah, that okay. was... Well, actually, you know who that was. we got to give credit where credit's due. That was Sandy Clough. Really? Who kept mispronouncing... Uh, oh, um, what was Nurkic it? or Jokic. Uh, N- Jokic, I think. Yeah. Kept yeah. calling him Jerkic. <laughs> and so <laughs> the next time. podcast, we perfect. said... Um, Nate was bringing it up, and I kept saying Jerkic, because Sandy, the previous episode, had, like crossed me up and then from there it went to the Jerkic lineup and then just kind of snowballed from there but I oh, love it there we are. It's, it's I Jerkic. love it and, and every time I see you tweeting about it I know what you mean yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm like oh you're talking about the, the four and the five you're yeah, talking about exactly. you know, Jerkic and Jokic. I like it I like it I like it it's good I mean that's kind of the theme of this season right we were talking about Gary Harris Jokic Nurkic all this stuff what have you thought this season how much, how much Nuggets uh, have, where are they this year? I mean, we got the last game tonight. What, what were your impressions this season? New coach, yeah. New direction of the team, obviously. But what did you think? You know, I think with what a lot of young teams um, and with a brand new head coach, I think that Nuggets fans should be encouraged by what they've seen. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not about to to say that they're going to be a playoff. I wanted to be able to say at the end of the season, and I said this going into the year. I said, first of all, I think they'll be better than 26 wins, which is right around where Vegas was putting them. I said, I think right. they'll be better than that. I think that there's too much talent. And the fact that they got Moutier, I mean, Sean and I were doing the drafts, and we did backflips when they, I heard they got Moutier. But, you know, I, I, th- I think Nuggets fans should be encouraged by what they're seeing. I think there's some things that, that you know, they're, they're, look, they're, there's still some growing pains. There's obviously some moments where uh, it's not all clicking. And I think part of that is the fact that, you know, you're – and we, we could get into the mechanics of all of it. You know, the fact is that Gallo is, is pretty much your primary scorer. Mm-hmm. Will Barton has, has been hit and miss. Uh, Manuel Moutier, who's supposed to be your backup scorer at some point, his, his shot is still developing. You know, and, and you're, you're still working through injuries. Nurkic didn't come back until late in the season. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. But I, I, I'm overall encouraged. I think that they, get, they got the 33 wins. They might even have a chance. Probably not. But 33 wins even is at tonight – I'm, I'm more than okay with as far as a season to build on. Um, now, what does that mean for next year? You know, can they get ten more wins and be kind of on the cusp? I think they can. I don't, I don't see why not. Mm-hmm. It, it sort of depends on again what they do in the draft. I still think they need a sharpshooter. I think that's a big deal. I don't. I, I understand the value that Gary Harris has to this team, um, but for me, you know, you got to you got to build your backcourt a little bit. You got to see what, what Emmanuel Mudiay. One of his biggest strengths, obviously, is his vision, right? Yeah. And, and I don't need to tell you guys that, but I'm saying that his, his vision is one of his biggest strengths coming out of college. His shot, we already need, knew, needed to be developed. But can you imagine if he had a sharpshooter in the backcourt with him to be able to use that vision and being to dish it out, not to mention the fact that you have a guy like Jokic uh, as a big man that has the vision he has. I, I see nothing but upside from this team, but they still need another shooter besides Gallinari to be able to take those shots when needed. Well, you're saying... You and Sean are doing the draft, and you're doing backflips, and Moutier gets picked. Did he live up to what you thought he was going to be this year? Yeah, there was the moments backflips to the season. Yeah, you know, there were there were moments, you know, where you saw. I mean, like the first game when you have 11 turnovers, you're like, ah, that's what's yeah. going to happen with a rookie. Um, and, and he curtailed that a little bit, but then he sort of lost some of the. There, there was a moment early on in the season where it seemed like he lost some of that aggression as he was trying to be too careful. Right. Uh, the shot, I thought, got better as the season went, and then you have a bad game. The inconsistencies, I think, is what you sort of expected. I guess my point is, is, is he was sort of as I expected. Some nights were better than others. Like Some nights we were like, oh my gosh, where did that shot come from? I can't believe that. And then the next night he had this flat kind of pushing it off towards the basket thing, and you're like, what? You you looked good two nights ago, man. <laughs> yeah. like, what's wrong with you? And, and, but the vision is there. I, I think he's a leader, uh, even as as a, as a young man as he is. Was he nineteen now? Yes, he is. Uh, just turned twenty. 20. Yeah, just 20. turned twenty. Yeah, my, yeah. Good, my goodness. Uh, but you, you you have any conversation with this man, and and I and I got to hang out with him a little bit right after he got drafted. You have any kind of conversation with him, and, and you leave impressed. Uh, he he is clearly um, emotionally older than he as his age. So I, I'm impressed with Moutier, and I think the, the future is very bright. They're very high on him, too. Uh, I had a chance to chat with, chat with Tim Connolly after they drafted him, too, and he's like, dude, this guy, he's going to be an all-star, like yeah. a perennial all-star. Yeah. 
and he is going to change the face of this franchise. Well, it's very interesting to watch the Nuggets' development this season as to where we saw them going into the year and to where they are now. And I honestly, they're about where I thought they would be. And I think, you know, Gallo's injury was whatever. I mean, but I allowed actually some other guys to develop. Um, you saw the emergence of uh, Garris. Uh, you saw the emergence of, of Nikola Jokic this year, which has been the biggest surprise in the NBA, quite frankly, has been Nikola Jokic. He might come in second in rookie voting. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible behind Cat. I mean, yeah. the fact is he should behind Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. No, of course. But, you know, you're absolutely right. Th- that's the thing, though. And then I wanted to ask you guys about this because I was thinking about this podcast and I was kind of excited about it. Mm-hmm. Are we at a point where we can finally say that Danilo Gallinari – He's just never going to play a full season. Like, 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 you go into every year like, well, boy, if Gallo's healthy, yeah. think about how good this team could be. But I think we're at a point now where we, we've seen enough to say you can't count on him for more than 60 games in a season. And, and, and maybe you should even plan ahead along those lines. Yeah, Gallo will never play 82 games. Never going to happen. No. Now, he will, I think it was, what was it, 2011, he played, no, no, no. 2010, when he was traded, he played 62 games. That's pretty much where you want. You want about 60 to 70 games if you're going to, whether he's with the Nuggets or with another team. That's kind of what you want because it's just his body. And if his body is not going to let him do that, you're going to have to have him maximize him. And that's kind of what I was – I thought the Nuggets over-relied on him this year. And I thought a little bit of the issue that he had with his ankle – happened because he was just overused a bit. And that was just because he was their primary scoring option. And I think what happened was through last year, he played with the Italian national team, and he had constant basketball for eight months. And I think it caught up to him. You can't have that with Daniel Gallinari. You have to manage his minutes. And the Nuggets have to make the decision whether they want to invest, keep investing in a player who you're going to have to manage like that. Because that is really the only way you're going to be able to maximize Daniel Gallinari, I think. Is it because of Wilson Chandler's injury that they sort of had to overuse him a little bit? Is it because of the development of Emmanuel Moutier? They needed somebody that can actually score, that could go out there and get them 20, 30 points a game? Yeah, I think they, the plan has always kind of been to have both Chandler and Gallo. And maybe you can you know get away with staggering their minutes. They're actually really good when they play together, so that kind of goes against it a little bit. But... You know, listening to today, even the True Podcast are talking about Kobe, to Jeff's point of overuse. You know, Kobe was warned before he tore his Achilles tendon a couple of seasons ago, you're going to do this if you keep pushing your body. And Gallo playing in Italy, you know, obviously coming into the season, he's already planned on playing for Italy again this summer because they have to win a, a tournament to get uh, eligible for the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. So as a Nuggets fan, you're going, man, I don't know if they should keep, you know, as, again, as Jeff said, can you invest in this guy? Is his so to me? It's it's not so much injury as it is his timeline. You know, he's he's approaching that age where wing players they are who they are, and with his games played, with who he is, and his age, he just doesn't match where Moutier and, and Jokic obviously are. And he's ahead of where the nug, where the Nuggets are yeah. collectively, mm-hmm. and because the Nuggets' average age, if you take out uh, Jameer Nelson and uh, those guys, is is the mid-20s, and then if, without Gallo and uh, Wilson Chandler, it's even younger than that. How much can you invest in, in a guy who is peak, he's in his prime, and everyone has, not to yet, has yet to reach their prime? I, it, that's the problem they're having, and that was the problem they were going to have when they re-signed Gallo. And it's the same thing with Wilson Chandler, and it's the same thing with other guys. Now, Wilson's going to be a little interesting because he's coming off a hip surgery. Um, I've seen him in practice. He looks pretty good. Um, and that's not but supposed he's to be a guy. reoccurring injury, although injuries yeah. do tend to happen other places. Well, and it's Wilson Chandler. I mean, I don't want to hammer away at Wilson Chandler, but injuries <laughs> in Wilson Chandler, I mean, it's a similar concept. Yeah. You, you do know Gallinari and Jeff Morton are like this, and me and Chandler, that's, that's my guy. Is that your Chandler's guy? Chandler's my guy. Gallo is uh, oh, man. Jeff's see, the, guy. So we, what we did was you said, okay. <laughs> Love those guys. Who, um, when we, we got to, uh, Nate and I have been friends and co-writers since going back to 2010. Well, yeah, when Melo was going to get traded, yeah. we were watching all these Knicks games going, man, who do we want off who this team? Who do we team? want off this team? Who do we want? I staked out Gallinari. He staked out Wilson Chandler really early. It's just so, And then I think subconsciously we're like, okay, which guy do you think is going to be more injured? You take him. 
and I think we kind of evened out there. <laughs> you know, I would say it's about right. You know, uh, Gallo missed the better part of two seasons. Yeah. Yes, he did. Um, and then Wilson Chandler, of course, missing this last year. And you know, you can only make so many plans. Wilson Chandler wasn't expected to miss the year until right up until they were getting ready to start, and then they were. You know what? Yeah, I mean, he was playing preseason yeah, games. That's right. Yep. And their right. team was looking pretty damn dynamic. As, as you said, with Moutier and his vision, Chandler was a guy he could kick it to on the perimeter and hit a great. shot. He would have been great. And, and to me, my hope my hope for this NBA lottery, and I'm not going to give up hope until it's the ping pong balls have landed and we know, is that Denver winds up with the second pick and they draft Brandon Ingram out of Duke. I, I think getting a, a small forward for this team, whether it's Ingram, whether it's maybe Timothy Luwawu later on in the draft, whether it's... Furkaz, Torquemets, whatever the hell that guy's name is, but I think so, I think small forward is a place that Denver should look in this draft because of the questions that loom with both Gallinari and Wilson Chandler. Well, you kind of have to, don't you? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, the, the fact is, I'm still on the Buddy Heel train, so you're going to have you're, to talk me after. You that. Bill you're, you're, I am. Yeah, I am all over Buddy Heel. <laughs> I, I was. I was on. I was on the train before Hanslick, so I don't want. I don't. Mean, I don't know when he got on it. Oh, you're, hip, you're hipster heel. Yeah, but. I was. I was. I was in, in on Buddy Heel. I've been calling for this guy. You can. You can go check my Twitter timeline, <laughs> Buddy Heel to Denver. My hashtag uh, that I've been tweeting out for months now. Uh, but no, look, I. I. I want. I. I want to build in the backcourt and again. I don't, I don't want to slight Gary Harris because I know defensively he's tremendous, and he has improved his game. I mean, leaps and bounds from last year as a rookie. He has moved far ahead of even yeah, what my expectations were. So I'm not, I'm not trying to slight Gary Harris. I, 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 want, I want a cold-blooded shooter. Are you a I Jamal want, Murray guy at all? Um, who's Murray play for? Kentucky. 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 The Canadian out of Oh, Ontario. yeah, Murray, Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got the KY on He's only 19. Where, where, where's he being projected? Right, oh man, top seven, top seven, top seven, yeah. probably. Okay, that's fine. Probably around five. I, but, but the, probably the, five. The, the idea that I'm, I'm I think he, for he here, comes off the board before Buddy. Okay, the uh, the idea I'm shooting for here is is I expect Moutier's shot to improve in the off season. We all do. It's something he's got to work on, and, and, and yeah. he knows it. But I but I know that at the same time, what makes him special is his ability to pass, his ability to get yeah. everybody involved. And, and you got to give him a two. And I talked with Earl Boykins about this. I'm gonna start dropping names here. I talked with Earl Boykins about this, and he's my friend Boykins, Earl Boykins. He, he knows he's about in, shooting the basketball. Yeah, he yes. knows a little bit about yes, shooting the basket. <laughs> uh, but he, him and I talked about it, and, and, and he was really impressed with Moody A two. But he said he's got to have a two. He's got to have a guy in the backcourt with him that, that that's going to take those shots. Yes, he does. And and so Gary Harris, where there was times that he'd have some good games with that. I, I don't know if that's what his game really is. I think he's he's a defensive two. You 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 could put him on some of the best players in the league, and, and he's going to lock some guys down. Yeah, exactly. But that doesn't necessarily make him the right the right guy necessarily to do what you also need, which is somebody that's a cold blooded killer. Like if you yeah. put Ray Allen. Oh my, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, it would be insane. Yeah, it'd be it'd be nuts. Yeah. And that's what you need. You need and you need somebody that's not afraid to take shots. And yeah. that's why I like healed so much because he's not afraid to take those shots. You know, I was reading a bunch of stuff on Kobe today because you know I, I was sort of like say what you want about Kobe, but that is a guy that's not afraid to take shots, and he's yeah. never been afraid to take shots. And, and even when you know in his rookie year when he shot three air balls to knock them out of the playoffs with against Utah. Uh, by the way, which was one of the best Utah, I mean, was a tremendous Utah team, but he yeah. still shot three air balls. That's just kind of how he, he just keeps shooting. Yep. Um, the Nuggets don't have a lot of guys like that. Not, I mean, not right now. Gallo will do that. Gallo will take those shots. Yeah. But but who who else besides Gallo do you want the ball in their hands, time winding down? Who else? And, and Buddy didn't want it. You know, for the last shot, he wanted it for the last five minutes or yeah. the whole game. Right. I mean, there's mm-hmm. the. It, Times in the tournament, times during the regular season. But you can't teach that, right? That, right. That's you just who, that, that's a that's a personality thing. Yeah. And so you know, you, you, you could talk about Murray. We talk about Hill. I don't care. I, I just I want I want a shooter. I want somebody that that has that dog in them. That's what I want you in need, this draft. You do need that, and I, and I, the Nuggets have needed that kind of thing for going back for <laughs> when George was here. Decades. Yeah. It's just it's just you, you need a guy who's going to be able to give you that element, and that's. I mean, we say this, but every team wants that. Every single team wants that same thing. And, you know, I would, if, if, we, if the Nuggets got a buddy healed, they're going to get him because they know that he's going to be able to slot in because he's 22. He went through four years. Well, and that's another reason why yeah. I like him is he's seasoned. You're not bringing in a, an 18- or 19-year-old kid yeah. that had one hot year. 
He's been good, and, yeah. and, and he really exploded this year. I think you're getting him on, on the right trend. He's been playing in big games, and uh, you know, for me, that's, that's why I want a guy like that because he ha- you're right, he's 22 years old. Yeah. You're, you're not necessarily getting a kid here. When I look at the Nuggets as well, the, the one guy, I know Moutier has a, a great balance to me in between scoring and passing. And, if and his, it got better. If his shot percentages go up, his scoring averages are going to skyrocket, and you're not going to think of him as just having to pass, which some people do. I, I don't think you're saying that at all. And then you look at Jokic. You know, Jokic, he can score, he can pass. And to me, the one guy on this team that is really kind of shot hungry is, is Yusuf Nurkic. And how many shots can you really give him in today's modern NBA to where, you know, yeah, if you have that guy, if it's Buddy Heald, if that's the guy that they decide to go with, if, if they have an opportunity to pick him, and he has that kind of mentality, and you put him, a guy that is a killer, like you're saying, next to these two guys that are, you know, complimentary guys that are, are willing to give up the ball, then you might really be cooking. You don't want to put those two guys together, though, down low. Necessarily, I to be honest with you, I've kind of worked around that. Oh, okay, good. I've got, I, I was here on the I, right night because uh, last time I talked to you, yeah. you were like, "Oh no, you can't, you can't have him at the four. His defense, you know, you can't. Yeah. You know, his feet don't move. He's lateral and all. You know, I mean, you were talking about it, t- t- talking me down. I was. for my excitement. I know, and I, I'm, I'm, I think the Nuggets kind of are anticipating a moment where. They're going to have to put stick them together for extended periods of time. I agree, um, and I think that is just my opinion. I think that includes a life without Kenneth Freed, which becomes now something you can use in trade. Yeah. on draft night, and I think that right there is kind of where the Nuggets, in order to do the do what the Nuggets to, to do something like that, they're going to have to be a slower team. They're going to have to be a more deliberate team. They're going to have to be a more half-court team. But it can work with two skilled guys. And I'm curious to see the development. It's been tantalizingly short. Mm-hmm. It, it just it has not been enough they information done, for me to see this. You know, that's yeah. a great point. And yeah. they really could have started this project earlier. Yeah. You know, I mean, and the fact is, once they knew they were out of it, which was weeks ago, yeah. they could have started this project earlier. You've seen a little bit more. Yeah. And, and there's some moments. There was a pass in the last game where Jokic found Nurkic right under the basket. And I'm like, oh, that's what he, he was. You know, you, you, Jokic, yeah, you know, Jokic was outside the arc, and, and he passes it down. And I'm like, dude, can yeah. you? I mean, look at that. It's a four passing to a five. I mean, you know, this isn't two guys clogging up the lanes. You know it reminded me of? And I've been telling people this, and people are going to, like, curse at me for saying this, but it reminded me of Pau Gasol passing to Andrew Bynum. Love it. Love it. Lakers. Only Yusuf Nurkic is more skilled than Andrew yeah, Bynum. Well, yeah, very and and that is that's what it reminded me of is when you see those passes, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not the scoring, it's just seeing the way they interact with each mm-hmm. other, how they learn to interact with each other. To me, that is more tantalizing than any of the actual tangible results that you see. Well, I'll add on to that real quick, and then I want to get sort of your thoughts. I'm sorry, you're, you're not getting a chance oh, to good. talk very much. But, um, I told you, you just got to tell me when to shut up. No, it's fine. This yeah, is sort of what I do. You're doing great. You're the guest, uh, man. You're the feature. You're the feature <laughs> you get to podcast. talk more than we do. People hear me talk all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, but one of the things to add on to that is I think that you can, because of how young they are, you could build to consistency there where I think we already know what Kenneth Farid is as a defender, uh, as a shooter. I think we already know where he sort of lacks in some of those departments. I, I think, you know, as a hustle player, nobody's going to fight you on that. Uh, I, I think as a guy that can spark you, it, it's great. But to pay him $10 million to come off the bench doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't make a lot of sense to anybody. So that's why, like you said, when you start to look at it, you start to break it down, you start to realize as much as we all like Kenneth and as much as, as there's been some really great moments with the Manimal, you have to also recognize that there's some deficiencies. He can't guard a stretch four. I mean, he can't, he cannot. He gets embarrassed by good power forwards in this league. You know, whenever whenever they play Lamarcus Aldridge, I just know it's going to be a bad day for Kenneth Fareed. Lamarcus has career high against Kenneth Fareed. That's right. He just he just absolutely oh, yeah. destroys him. And and you have, then you have look. A lot of teams have to help out on Lamarcus Aldridge, but you shouldn't have to do it on every single defensive play, right. every single time down the yeah. court. So I'm at a point 
where I think that the, you, you could train and you could teach some things. You know, speaking of Hanslick, today, you know, I was listening mm-hmm. to a little bit of an interview with him, and he talked about the thing that Jokic needs to work on in the offseason, and he said that he needs to work on his strength and conditioning. Yes, he did. And, and so I'm, I'm sort of wondering, you know, with Jokic, and you talked about his lateral movement, yeah. I, I think some of these things can be trained, and I think if, if you go along Hanslick's line, you know, you, you work on strength and conditioning, you work on, on yeah. training him some more. I, I think he could work out just fine there. Look, he's got the range. He can shoot. Yeah. Uh, we already know that. Um, and I think that he is, and again, with the vision, I think he just adds so much more. I love your reference with Gasol and Bynum there. It, it just seemed like because um, Jokic has a little bit of Gasol in him. Totally. Um, he, he shoots the three better than Gasol did, and he's faster, and he can lead the break. But Gasol was a really good pet was like he's dead. Um, he is a really good passer. Mm-hmm. When he was and, younger, too, he was pretty athletic. He played and, above yeah. the rim a lot, yeah, he, which Jokic yeah. doesn't do. He does but. not. Yeah, you know, Jokic is... Very below. They the have rim. some some overlapping skills. They though, do, but sure. I mean, just specifically passing from the high post, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of innate passing is kind of tantalizing if you're looking for a situation where you're going to have Yusuf Nurkic in there with you, who is not as skilled, but is still a good passer. Not as skilled, but can get down deep and get you those things. I mean, I, the reason I call Nikola Jokic Velcro is because he seems to gobble up rebounds. Like, yep. really. I mean, in the last game, I think he had like 15, 16 rebounds. Yep. It was 8.16 rebounds, 4 assists. Mm-hmm. That's a good stat line. He's got a lot of hustle, too. You know, I mean, we talked about Ken Fareed's hustle and how you wouldn't want to u- lose that. I don't think you lose that with Jokic. No. Not I at all. In fact, you add, you add shooting. Because that's not Kenneth Fareed's game necessarily, and, and and I think you can train the defense. I, in fact, I think there's times I've seen better defense out of him. Kenneth Kenneth Fareed seems to fall asleep at the wheel when it comes to defense. Jokic is a yeah. Jokic is a pretty good defender, despite yeah. what Jeff may say about him. Uh, but he's he's pretty good. He even protects Casting the rim with his length. Uh, and uh, well, uh, but even he he's been been placed at the five a lot, you right. know. So now you place him at the four, and I, I think you add another dimension, and I think you you add some. You're right. It's a slower it's a slower team. It's a more half court team. But, but at the same time, think about those two guys. And, and under that circumstance, I think Gallo does fit back on this team. And you add yourself a sharpshooter at the two. That, that's sort of my formula for the next season is you get Moutier, you get a sharpshooter, you have Gallo for whatever limited minutes along with Wilson Chandler, and you have those two guys starting. And then you, you, can, you can mix it up from there. But that's a, sort of a nice starting core to build off. It's a pretty, pretty good core. And to your point with, with Farid and Jokic, I mean, Free can't guard anybody. We know this. No. So the, I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, and the <laughs> uh, it's my first time on the podcast. I don't want to come on here because I've fine. said much worse. And it's the, fine. Chris Dempsey it's and fine. I go rounds and rounds on this, but I, I've said much worse. I'm and trying prob- to be nice. The problem with with free with not seeing that experiment earlier, maybe it was Malone not wanting to concede the season. You know, they weren't eliminated from the playoffs until just a few games back. Maybe they wanted to protect Kenneth Fareed's starting job. Whatever. Maybe he didn't want to sit down yet. But to me, you know, trade Fareed. Use one of these draft picks. You're going to get this Houston pick. They're up 112 to 75 on the Kings. You're going to get that pick. If you trade Fareed, maybe package it with that one of the other picks. If you have a chance at 15 to get a guy like Marquise Chris out of Washington who has similar skills as Fareed, you bring him along slow. You turn the position over to Darrell Arthur, to Jokic. You can get by there. And to me, when we're talking about training Jokic and him needing to get in better shape, they trimmed off his baby fat this year, lost 30 pounds or so. It's not a part of the culture yet in, in a lot of parts of, of Europe to be in the weight room. A lot of these guys don't see this stuff. Even Jokic talked about it before he came in at Summer League was, wow, these guys work really hard, you know, and it's like, yeah. So when you get him with Steve Hess, when you get him in these training programs, he's going to uncover strength that he never knew he had. I agree. And he's only 20. Yeah. I mean, think, of, yeah. think of all the what well, that's what strength you could put on as a kid. You, you, you have know? your four and your five yeah. that, that are early 20s. And, would, and you're talking about what well, you can do with that. And Nurkic, I mean, even though he came in and he was really sluggish after his knee injury, you look at his body and he's a lot different from last year. Last year he was not. I feel like he has in shape. more explosion this year. He even does. Though you'd think with the patella he'd have yeah. less. But you would think seems... so too, but I think it's like less than it affected him less than say, and it did for Antonio McDice, who needed that explosion to get above the rim for his leg. And it really changed fundamentally who McDice was as a player. Nurkic is still the looks to me like he's still the same player. And we I mean, keep we keep hearing these rumors, and, and our friend Chris Dempsey wrote a, a, a tremendous piece on it about Kevin Love. What would you guys think of if the Nuggets traded for Kevin Love? I don't. What, want what him. would they even have to give up? Or yeah, would you want? Yeah, him? I don't. I don't want him. I you know, and, and I don't want to. 
I want to tell too many stories from behind the scenes. I, I hear he's not not all that nice of a dude, uh, not a good teammate necessarily. Right. Uh, but 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 going away from that. I, I think you sort of have a, an interesting thing working here, and, and again, it's based on some some theories from the draft, right? But you are you talked about the, the youth and the age group of this thing. You know, yeah. how, how many more years is Kevin Love going to be an All Star caliber yeah. kind of player? You know, he's more of a piece you add on to, like the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are on their way to something. Yeah, the, the Nuggets make the playoffs next year. They don't make the playoffs next year. We we, we see the brighter future ahead yeah. in the next couple of years. But is Kevin Love worth that kind of deal? Yeah. And what you have to give up, and and what you know, what you're who you're displacing, and if he doesn't work out for the mentality of the team too. See that that's the thing is you know you you add players that are me guys, yeah. And and this is again me trying to be delicate here, but you add guys that are me guys. You see what it does to the Sacramento Kings with DeMarcus Cousins, and and the only reason that that works on the Cleveland Cavaliers is because it's all about LeBron. But you know you add him to this. I mean, how many more wins do you think that even adds for you? And even bringing him in, it, it ruins your experiment of Jokic and Nurkic playing together really to any degree. Look, I, I'm all about, look, I, and I've been a proponent for, you know, hey, you know, it's all about the All-Stars, right? It, when you, especially when you get to the postseason, it's about the All-Star calls, too. Yeah. So it's all about the All-Star, and you need an All-Star to be able to make a, a true run at any single point. However, it's got to be the right yeah, he, he ain't the guy, and I don't think he's the guy. No, so it's got to be the right kind of guy. And, and again, you know, um, you know, the, being bantied about with Blake Griffin. You know, remember there was a t- there was a point where right. the, the Nuggets were kicking the tires with the Clippers, but you'd have to you have to give up everything. I mean, you you'd have to give up almost everything to get him. And I I just think that there's there's ways to do it. I think more than anything, you're seeing. Uh, if you can do it the way that Golden State did it, and not everybody can, you know, you're not you're not yeah, going to get Steph no. Curry at number seven, you know, <laughs> that often. Yeah. But I mean, no, uh, but the, with the Warriors though, you're right. They drafted they drafted the bulk of their core. Yeah, they the, drafted Harrison Barnes, Curry, Clay, Draymond. Yep. Then, yeah. Then they added Iguodala and Bogut a lot later. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. They added yeah. Iguodala after they made a playoff run. They traded for Bogut to get rid of a high priced guy in Monte yeah, Ellis. Monte Ellis. But, yeah. and they didn't who even was need dominating to, the team at the right. time. Right. Yeah. And they didn't even need a hit on all of them. They did hit on all of them, right. but they didn't need to hit on all of them. They just needed to hit on a couple of them. Yep. So yeah. say the Nuggets hit on Moutier. Let's hope that they hit on Moutier. Let's say they hit on this year's draft with a two or a three, depending on whatever they ends up being. Yeah. Right. Man, that, 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 that changes everything. Can you imagine having a backcourt, that's what I'm proposing, a backcourt that can keep up with these teams? Yeah. It, it changes everything. And, and now all of a sudden you do attract other guys and role players, and, and then you don't have to lean on Gallinari for eighty games and think to, our, to yourself, "Gosh, if we don't get eighty games out of Gallo, we're so screwed." Yeah, you know, you don't have to think like that. Yeah. The mentality of the, everything changes, and now Gallinari and Wilson Chandler fit much nicer on a team that's young and, and, and can take things over without them. But yeah. when they're added to the team, they just make them better. Exactly. Well, and and I've never been a fan of. I mean, people, longtime listeners of CSU will know this. I've, I've never been a fan of Kevin Love's game. Just regardless, I don't think it would be this Gallinari principle anyway. I tried to push for it a while ago. I, yeah. I got to be honest; like maybe a year and a half, two years ago, I was I was on the Kevin Love, bring Kevin Love here before he went to Cleveland. Yeah, I was like, no, no, you need an all star. You got to get an all star. And then I started doing some digging, and I was like, nah, this isn't the guy. I was like, good luck in Cleveland. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that is not like, the guy. You know, and I, and I thought about it. I, I, the timelines don't match up, and it would seem like it would be a box office move because the Nuggets are last in attendance in the NBA. Yeah, and there's no point to and me to crawl into the eighth seed for you know why? Why, why would spend you even all this do money it though? To try to get to the eighth seed, I mean, that's would, not your. That shouldn't be your end game. I don't even know if it would get him to the eighth seed, to be honest with you, because you're. you're well, how many more wins does it add? I mean, I that, that's that's what you have to ask. Anytime you're doing something like that, how many wins does it add? Does Kevin exactly. Love add ten wins? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. But yeah. uh, I mean, maybe you know, maybe he he's the other guy to take those shots. I mean, yeah. he doesn't have a problem taking shots. Um, you know, he does gobble up the rebounds. There's no question about it. He's a complete. You know, as far as the power forward goes, he's pretty impressive. Uh, obviously, he's been an all star. I, I just think that there's there's other ways you can go about it, and, and I like the direction of their front court right now. I just I just do, you know, and um, I'm excited about that. But from the perspective of you guys selling tickets, and and you're right. Um, talking about a team that needs to get over the hump if they don't do it next year you know if they don't do it the year after that you know and we keep talking about well you just one more year one more year you know how many more years you know no and there's there's a school of thought in the nba that 
just you know, just keep pushing, kicking the can down the road because you know eventually you'll get that guy. There's the seventy sixers model. Well, there's the seventy sixers. <laughs> you can either be the the, the current old, the old model of the sixers. You can either right. be the the current warriors or the current kings, and the kings have been in the lottery for ten years. Yeah, the mm-hmm. kings probably had opportunities to draft yeah. Seth, Draymond, Clay. Yes, <laughs> well, they definitely did. And I it's think they were probably. I mean, I mean, let's face it. Any longtime Nuggets fan knows the Nuggets were in the lottery for six straight years, seven straight years. And finally hit the seventh year on Carmelo Anthony, mm-hmm. but before that they had, I mean, a th- number three pick that resulted in Brave LaFrance, and that kind of thing can haunt you. Drafting matters. I'm always fascinated with with the drafting aspect as far as trying to figure out a guy's psychology. You know, how can you pinpoint the next KG, the next Kobe, the next LeBron, like from a mentality perspective? You ever think about that kind of stuff? I, I think about it all the well, time. Well, I think the Nuggets should be thinking about that. I yeah. mean, you know, you, you need that. You need some, you know, they, they have a lot of nice guys on this team, and that's great, and they're, they're fun to talk to. But there's got to be one guy that, that not, doesn't have to be a jerk. Because, like, you know, Kobe's a jerk, right? But, right. but that, that's, just, that's just what it is. That, that's what motivates him. Like, he, he's motivated by being the bad guy. You don't necessarily have to have a bad guy, but you do have to have a guy that, that, that holds this team's feet to the fire. I'm not saying that they're they're not all wanting to be good, but they're not all wanting to be great, and not yet, anyways. And and I'm not saying Buddy Hield is that guy necessarily, but, but he strikes me as a guy that is a nice guy, but also is aggressive in his his game, the, the, the yeah. style of game that he has. So I guess that's why I keep pushing that train. Yeah, I, I like Buddy Hield. I liked him I, just watching that Ben Simmons LSU game that they played. And mm-hmm. he, just, he dominated that game. It's amazing. It was like he didn't want to be the second guy talked about in nope. that game. He nope. wanted to be the guy that was led the stories on ESPN, was yep. the feature guy. And to me, finding that is, is so important. And like you said, you know, they, they find Jokic, at, you know, he's a second-round pick that's nobody. And they found something in his mentality, and it seems to be his work ethic. Because to me, if Moutier and Jokic don't work out, it won't be because, I keep saying this, it won't be for lack of them not trying. Yeah. I mean, these guys are they're gym rats, and you want more guys like that that Agreed. care more about basketball than – anything else in a shoe deal or this or that or the other. You want the guys who are committed. And there's some guys who are committed only to get to the NBA. There's guys who are committed to succeed in the NBA. Yeah, hate losing. They want to come in and dominate. Yep. You want that kind of guy, but it is really a crapshoot. And the the NBA draft is the ultimate crapshoot. Plus, you add in the, the variable element of the lottery, and it just... It is just so much luck. It, it really is. I mean, I, I, I believe more in luck, uh, about the luck of it, than, than other people do. I, I think that with a, a little bit of better drafting and luck, the Nuggets would have had Vince Carter. With a little better drafting and it would have a little better luck, they would have had Tim Duncan mm-hmm. in that year. There is just so many variables that go into it. That well, with a little bit better luck, Kevin Durant would be playing in Portland. You're, 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 <laughs> right. there, there we go. <laughs> Hey, just select number two. You know yeah, that's all you got to do. Yeah, you know, you just you know don't take uh, don't take Odin. Don't. But take then again, Odin. then again, Everyone everybody Odin was expected to be the number one. I mean, that, that, that's a tough one. But you're right. I mean, you know, uh, the, 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 the lottery, especially. What, it, what did what did, uh, what, what did Andy, Andy, just Andy Feinstein just came over and just dropped dropped the breaking news that the Rockets clinched the eight seed, so the Nuggets get. Their draft pick, which will be about number fifteen, I think, will be fifteen, I believe. Yeah. So, so where are they at right now? They got seven, <laughs> roughly. I mean, if they trade with the Knicks, or I mean, that the swap, um, they'll probably get the seventh pick. Yeah, they're in seventh position as of right now. Right now, now. I think they're locked into it now. I yeah. think they are. And some stuff can change tonight. There might be three teams that finish in a three-way tie, so they got to figure out some tiebreaker type stuff. Yeah, and then they have to split the odds and stuff. It's stupid. Fifteen, they'll have, yeah. and then. 19 for Portland's pick, probably. 18, 19, somewhere around And there, so. where are the Knicks in this scenario? Knicks are at the 7th seven seven. spot. The, seven. the yeah. Knicks are at the 7th, and the, the Nuggets, Nuggets are at the ninth right ninth. now. 9th, okay. Yeah. So you move up a couple spots. So you combine those odds. You don't combine them. It's just one odd for one and one odd for the other, right? You don't right. combine the odds for it? Yeah. So, you know, they've got two chances at a, at a higher pick there. So you can only move up into the top three. Hopefully the Nuggets move into the top three. You know, and then it changes the work they want to do. Right now, it looks like Buddy Heald will be um, about seven. Wasn't he projected? I think so. That's what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if the Knicks stay ah, at seven, ah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, <laughs> the Nuggets swap picks with them. The ninth pick goes to the Toronto Raptors, and you know what if the Nuggets didn't swap. They're like, no, we'll take nine. You guys can keep seven. So like send like that to save Toronto. money or something like that. Oh my god, man! Send that to Toronto. I uh. <laughs> if they wanted to draft like Timothy Luwawu, and they were like, well, we can get him cheaper at nine than seven, and we know he's going to be there. Let's That's just take true. Him. Let's just take I, I guess there. If there was a guy that you knew for sure. We got Luwawu fever. <laughs> that would be unprecedented. That would be unprecedented. Nobody does that. Uh, they but. know Luwawu well. He's playing for Megalex overseas, which is where Jokic came from. The Adriatic League, which is where Jokic and Nurkic came from. So there's familiarity there. We know that you know, our friend Nuggets uh, international scout Rafi Juke has got a notebook, like I've, I think I've said before. He's got a notebook on these guys. He's got a that notebook. I would love to find and read. He's got. He's got. Um, well, the people don't use notebooks anymore, but I'm sure he's got a tablet. It's in the cloud full, somewhere. Yeah, it's in the cloud, full of information on these guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. But I, I I will have to say this. I don't know about three picks. Three first round picks is something that is going to be looked at. I'm sure by the Nuggets to see if they because three rookie guaranteed contracts. I don't think it's something they are really anticipating or really wanting right now. It'd be interesting so. if they wanted to keep like 15 or 19 for like a draft and stash guy. It blew up in their face with Nurkic, who came over right away. It's, it's their choice if they want to come. Uh, if they could find a guy, maybe they keep one of those. Maybe they take both of those and package it with Kenneth Fareed for something. Maybe they take all three and try to trade all three. I mean, this would be a draft if you stay at seven, if, if Buddy Hill's off the board, if you don't think that he's going to be your guy maybe they trade that pick along with somebody for something else you know or to try to move up a little bit i don't know i i think having the three picks though i would want those it gives you more options if you if houston would have lost tonight and they didn't have that it takes away one less option one less sweetener to a trade I don't know. I mean, you can't force teams to make a trade, but I feel pretty good about this front office's ability you know, to maneuver. But if you're if you're one of the lottery teams, if you're one of the teams at the top of the draft right now, maybe you are in a position that you actually need a lot of help, yeah. and you look at the idea of getting two or three draft first round draft picks, and you say, you know what, we scouted this draft, and we we think we could find three guys that could help our team at least improve next year, or they stash whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, you just you're just thinking about who you're trading with. Now, now the point about that also mixes in. Kenneth Fareed strikes me as a guy that you want to trade to a team that's already on their way to being a playoff team. Sure, you know that, that he he adds to a playoff team. I don't know if he adds to a team that's a thirty win, twenty five win team right now. Good point. But uh, that being said, you know that, that's that's where Tim Connolly comes in and says, "No, nah, but look, you know, you get that, and you get two draft picks or three draft picks, and you give us the number two pick, or well, I mean, wherever you end up, you know, selling it if you're Tim Connolly." I just think that that's, that's kind of has to be. But but I wonder about that because Kenneth Free is going to make more sense to somebody else rather than a team in the top of the draft. Sure. And, yeah. the, and the Nuggets made a move even 2009 when they didn't have a pick. They traded in with the Timberwolves to take Ty Lawson, and they traded a future first. So, I mean, they could even mm-hmm. go that route. They could trade yep. 15 or 19 and punt it down the road for a year or two. You know, If a team really likes a guy in that area, I don't know if they will in this draft, but... I think there's options. Well, it, it is. It makes you wonder how. I don't know if the Nuggets have ever had three first round picks before. I think this is unprecedented. Yeah, two, a few times. Yeah, two, but I mean, three is a lot, and especially in the NBA, where you know it's a, you know 15 man roster, picks are a premium, oh, yeah. and since they only have two rounds, you really got to hit, especially in the first round, where each contract in the first round is guaranteed. And in the second round, that's why people want second-round picks, is because each of those picks is non-guaranteed. And if they want to stash someone or stick them in the D-League or something like that, you know, they could do it and not have to you know, suffer the cap repercussions that you do when you are having three guaranteed picks. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Nuggets maneuver around this. I, I, it, I, wouldn't want to, I, I, I would want to be in this position, and I wouldn't want to be in this position mm-hmm. at the same time. Because you know, as Nate said, it, it really it really opens up your possibilities. But at the same time, it's like, what if we can't do a deal? What if you can't do We're anything? Be stuck and then you got to yeah. draft three guys that you can't necessarily use, and you know you can't use exactly. three guys. No, <laughs> it's it's a great point. I, I, I'm I'm going to lean towards the the pre prior though. I'm going to say that it's a good problem to have. Yeah. 
uh, I think that you can you can look at it and, and you can structure things. You can do structured things with, with multiple years too, like you said. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think that's also something that sort of comes into play here. So no, I, I actually think it's great news for the Nuggets to get that pick. Uh, Houston being the number eight seed. But by the way, Houston, my goodness, you know you have a guy like James <laughs> Harden and, and you have Dwight Howard and, yeah. and you have all the star power that they have and and you're the eighth seed. Well, you would have thought, you know, I mean, they were counting on Ty Lawson being more than he was, weren't they? Well, we, we, <laughs> that's just a good point. Well, I think of this way, I've, I've thought of this, it was brought up, I think Jalen Rose or somebody, James Harden, two years ago, his coming into Houston his first season there, was his first season two years ago? I don't know. Two years ago, he played with, 2012 he was he, traded. So two years ago, he plays with Team USA, he comes into Houston, he's been working out all summer, playing ball, kills it. This past summer, he's hanging out with Khloe Kardashian. He's maybe partying a little too much, comes in totally out of shape. Kevin McHale kind of blamed him for being fired. It's your fault, James. That team's just not, they're not motivated. And if you have to motivate guys, it's just not going to work. And then you see, you look at the Warriors trying to break the Bulls 72-10 and 10 record tonight. The ultimate motivated team. They felt disrespected last year by everybody saying that, you know, oh, you didn't have to go through the Clippers, the Spurs. You got this injured Cavs team. And they wanted to... They want to break this record. Have you watched a lot of Golden State? Do you like watching Golden State? You know, I'm I may be in a little bit of the minority here, but but I actually love the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and, and and I, I also stop the show. I also <laughs> love that the Nuggets beat them this year. That was uh, tremendous to watch. Yeah. But uh, you know, look, I, I I think that one of the reasons I like the Golden State Warriors so much, and, and I actually sort of hated them um, when. It's, it's a good reason to hate them because they, they did beat the Nuggets. They knocked them out, you know, and, and, and I... Andre Iguodala. Yeah, Andre Iguodala, I hate with a purple passion. Right. Uh, back in. You know, yeah, back in the circle. Back in. Um, no, I, I hate Andre Iguodala. And maybe you'll talk me into hating them, but, but I, I guess I... What, what guy do you hate off their team? What, who do I hate? Andre Iguodala. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody agrees with that. Oh, yeah, no question about it. Uh, but I, but I, like, I like watching... How they work because because they are an amazing offensive team, but they're also tremendous def- defensively. Right, tremendous, yeah. and and I really love Draymond Green's game, and, and he's one of those guys that you know, everybody talks about Steph, and then of course you you know the triple doubles that that Draymond gets, but you think about the engine of that team, you know, and, and they all work so well together that passing the ball, you know, the w- extra effort on defense, it just. Yeah. They're complete, and, and yeah. I think if they were just an offensive juggernaut, I'd feel differently about them. But because yeah. they're so good defensively, I, I have a, a different level of appreciation because they're sound. They they are a sound team. Yes, they are. They're not flashy. I mean, they are flashy, but but they're not a joke. They're they're legit in yeah. every other way that you can find. They get beat in the postseason. Anybody gonna take them out? It's hard to imagine, man. I mean, you know, you'd say the Spurs because they're people stop talking about the Spurs because Golden State's been on this run. Uh, but then you watched them a couple of nights ago, and you're like, "Jesus, you know, like how, how do the Spurs even hang?" I mean, if they if they lose, it will factually be the biggest upset in playoff history. You know, you're taking out the yeah, best you're right team because ever. it would be the best, best regular, record. Yeah, the best record ever. The Bulls I mean, won the title at 72 and 10. You can't go 73 and nine and lose in the postseason. The Nuggets can't team happen. that beat the Sonics was uh, 63 wins, and that was, you know, and then. The 72-win team, the Bulls, actually had some struggles with a couple teams in the playoffs, but they, they, they won. They, they kind of coasted. If, these, uh, if they make it to 73 wins, it would really mark the biggest upset in, in NBA history, regardless of where they're beat. Well, there's just... There's, the matchup problems are are just they're just so much. Yeah. You know the, the matchup problems because the thing is is you can't just take one guy out. You can't you know the, you couldn't even take just two guys out. Yeah. They have they have playmakers up and down the roster. And even if you tried to take out multiple guys, Harrison Barnes will put you, light you up for twenty five. Yeah. You know I mean they they just they're just deep. They're deep at the right positions. They're healthy, and 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 like I said, they they function as a unit. They're they're not just one guy. Yeah. They're not just a Michael Jordan. They're not just a Kobe Bryant. You know, and they're not just a Steph Curry. Yeah. You know, if, if Steph Curry's having an off night, Clay's going to put up forty, and Draymond yeah. Green's going to get a triple double. He's locked for a double double every night. Yep. That's amazing. That's, That's just tremendous. It really is. And then right now on the screen we have the introduction of Kobe Bryant. For the last time. Should we get out of here? Should we watch this game? You got any, want to leave any thoughts on Kobe? I hate Kobe Bryant. 
I can't stand him. <laughs> well, that's what he wants. He wants you to hate him. He wants you to hate him. He yeah. wants you those you commercials? I saw the Nike commercial. Yeah. Yeah. He wants you to hate him. It's his commercial. He freaking wrote that. I'll thing. tell you this about Kobe. I, I will say this. I miss, I miss the Lakers being good. I, do, I, I didn't think I would miss it until watching the Nuggets and Lakers play the last couple of years and seeing how awful those, that was and missing the fire I got, just all oh, the Lakers in town. Oh, man, I can't wait to boo that team. You know, like, like, I, I, I just miss that a little as, bit. As I've said over and over, the NBA needs the Lakers being good. They do. They do. They, they just do. And I didn't think so because I hated how brazen Lakers fans can be. Uh, you know, look at our championships. Look at our legacy. And I'm like, but you're terrible now. Yeah. But, but, but they're right. They're, they're absolutely right. Yeah. But, but now, now it's just pathetic. And I, and I miss the Lakers being good. So, so yeah, I, I hate Kobe. Kobe is a jerk, and, and he obviously um, deserves every boo he gets. But, you know, it is sort of an end of an era as far as an NBA, NBA type of it player. It really is. You know, the, the type of player that Kobe Bryant yeah. represents uh, is sort of an end of an era. And I was reading some stuff on him, and we'll, we'll get to watching this here in a second, but I was reading some stuff on him, like one of his – did you see the stuff on Michael Jackson? On yeah. How, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was fascinating. You know, like mm-hmm. how he picked he picked everybody's brain that he could he ever got a chance to meet. You know, like how did you achieve greatness? How did you get there? What what where what were your pitfalls? And it didn't matter whether it was basketball or whether it was pop entertainment. You know, and and I just think that that the way he approached you know life may be misguided at times. At the same time, it, it is sort of an end of things, and, and then that's that's what I guess I'm willing to celebrate. Yeah, I heard a little bit about. And Kobe, I guess, had talked about this. I don't know if he was joking or not, but he said he used to shave points in high school so he could hit game-winning shots or hit really? big shots. That's I mean, fascinating. He's, just, he's such a point weird shaving. guy to me. Point shaving a, scandal. <laughs> right, at Lower Marion. Yeah. But he's, and you're right. You know, It's an end of an era of a guy that just has this insane mentality. And at the same time, it's, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad it's over. Yeah, well, he's been a shell. I'm glad it's over because he's been a shell of, of what he was for the last couple of years. Injuries, whatever. Yeah, it's been it's been sad. It's been sad. It's just sad to watch. And so I, I I'm looking forward to just, and, and that was what was really b- brutal about the loss the Nuggets got uh, served them earlier in the year when Kobe went off. I'm like, you're not that good. You're not that good anymore. Why yeah. are you beating the Nuggets tonight? You know, yeah. that, that oh, killed yeah. me. But uh, anyways, no, I, I I think at this point, um, it, it's good to say goodbye to him. It's good for him to step away and. You know, I, I was listening to some radio of like, oh, do you think he might come back at some point? No, no, he's done. No, he's done. He's done. He's, he's, his, his body can't. I mean, he was, apparently they were describing him as his body was cocooned in ice, yeah. just yeah. sitting on the bench. I, there's no he way. He has, what's ice, your, he has what, an ice room in his house. Yeah. What's your prediction for uh, his performance tonight? Um, I think he will put up 24 shots and make six of them. <laughs> and he will and he will score like seventeen points. That's like the uh, the game seven where he did six for twenty four and yeah. then they won. Yeah, yeah. that's and good. Utah, Utah's got nothing to play for. I bet he goes for twenty plus. I think 20. so too. He's going to shoot a lot. Yeah. I think he's going to shoot a lot. I think they're going to give him just all the range to shoot 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 your heart out, buddy. Shoot the ball, Kobe. Shoot until you fall. Shoot the ball. Fall apart. <laughs> I bet he puts up thirty shots tonight, and I think he's going to score twenty points. <laughs> we'll see if he does that, Ryan. We appreciate you coming. Yeah, thank down. you for coming down, Ryan. Anytime, guys. You guys can hear him. You can read him on one zero four three the. Fan. You can also hear him on his own show, the Ryan Edwards Show, on bsndenver.com. It's on iTunes. It's on the website, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Same with us. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Yeah, so we're at Jake Sports and Spirits. Thank you for, again, to Andy, Andy Feinstein for coming in and interjecting. Yeah. Uh, uh, George Carl thoughts, which we didn't get to tonight. But thank you for coming down again, Ryan. We really appreciate it. And we'll watch a little bit of this uh, Kobe Bryant game. Until yep. then, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.